When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Her Hoop Stats fans. Welcome to another episode of Her Hoop Stats Unplugged. We're so excited to be back with you chatting about women's basketball this week with everything going on in the world. We took a couple of weeks off from the podcast, but super excited to be back at it today. As always, you're here with Megan Gower. We hope with everything crazy going on that you're all staying safe, staying healthy, staying home. Yeah, just taking care of the people that you love around you with all, everything that's going on in the world. And we hope you get some joy in your quarantine out of listening to us. You can listen on your commute from the living room to the kitchen. I know I'm making a hourly at least commute to the fridge right now, so I'm sure many of you are as well. But like we said, excited to talk about college basketball, WNBA, got some good news about the draft uh, yesterday, so that's definitely exciting. If you want to skip straight to the basketball talk and skip over our initial talk about COVID-19, you can just skip over to the 30-minute mark. Um, We start really getting into basketball around there, I promise. But without further ado, I'm here today with Aaron Barzilay. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? I'm doing well. How's it going in your bunker? All right. I'm as all right as it can be. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much what everybody (laughs) is uh, saying. Um, It's been a while since we chatted. Yeah, I was just saying that like it feels like it's been like months since we recorded a podcast and I was going in to create this episode and it's like only been three weeks, but that kind of feels like three months right now. So. Yeah, it feels like an eternity, right? Yeah. The whole world feels like an eternity. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, it's good to hear. I'm looking forward to uh, recording our uh, therapy session. I mean, our podcast. <laughs> I think it's going to be, even if no one listens, I think it'll be good just to chat. Yeah, I have to imagine some people will listen. People have to be bored enough to listen to us. (laughs) Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. So, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about stuff. I decided, um, I remember when we came up with the name for uh, the podcast, uh, you know, we decided Unplugged, which, you know, I think does describe it reasonably well, but also isn't the world's most creative. Um, So (laughs) I've got a proposal for a new name for you, which I think we could just use now uh, in the time of uh, coronavirus, as they say, or, you know, actually, I think it would apply overall. What if we call this uh, Her Hoop Stats Distance Socializing? <laughs> it's basically the same thing, right? Like, yeah, it's what we're doing, right? <laughs> We've been doing it all along. 
yeah we you know created social distancing or something like that it's a way, it's a way, i mean I, I it's a way more positive phrase than social distancing in general I yeah I, I saw that um someone tweeted out online i forgot who it was but i was just like wow that is so much better <laughs> agreed yeah so uh i mean i think today we got a lot to talk about but you know like every other podcast like how how are you dealing with uh everything that's going on in the world yeah it's I don't know it's hard I've realized that my two biggest hobbies are pretty much basketball and traveling neither of which I can do right now so that's a struggle well your, your um, hobby is watching basketball right? yeah you can still yeah. play basketball theoretically yeah true but yeah so watching basketball because I'm not good at playing basketball and then traveling neither of which I can do I feel like I can't even trip plan because I have no idea when we'll be able to travel so yeah I remember you told me like oh I've got this trip to I don't think I'm giving any, anything away to say to Puerto Rico and April yeah. right I was like oh I don't think that's happening you're like oh I don't yeah. know maybe yeah it's not happening I haven't <laughs> officially canceled yet because I've kind of been like hoping the, the airline would just cancel the flights because I already have like two airline travel credits from canceling mm. so it's like but I think I was going to cancel this weekend so yeah I guess I'll be traveling a lot when this all ends because I'm going to have all these airline credits to use and you're going to treat <laughs> them as like free trips even though you paid for them yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so like uh how are you like speaking of playing basketball like are the parks open by you here in uh, new yeah. jersey our parks actually closed okay so we have not closed parks thank god because i will start to go crazy when that happens because at least i've been able to you know go out go walking um so can leave the house can do that i think it helps being in a suburb right compared to like the city but oh, i'm so. in like super suburb i'm in more of a suburb than you i would say I so that's crazy. like the playground part of the park. Like the trails are okay, okay. Like okay. Kids yeah. can't go and like climb around on the swings. So. Yeah. So I think our playgrounds are close, but I didn't really pay that much attention to that because without kids, it's not a big concern. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you about that, right? So for me, I'm reading all these stories. There's a lot of talk. Everyone's talking about how like hard it is to be homeschooling their kids. As someone without kids, is it like totally annoying to hear everybody complain about like having their kids at home all day? No, it's not annoying because I get that it's definitely hard, especially if people are working from home. For me, I feel like, I don't know, at work we have all these calls and stuff about what's going on. And I feel like it's a little bit annoying that they acknowledge the fact that it's hard for people that have kids, but don't really acknowledge the fact that it could also, like, I don't think it's that hard for me. But, like, it can be hard for people that are, you know, teenagers, or not teenagers, but 20-somethings working. I can't imagine being in, like, New York City in an apartment with four roommates with no space trying to live like this. So... Well, the other, I mean, yeah, right. So, I mean, you, I don't think it's given too much away, right? So you are there, like, who is your unit? I know you've got your roommate at your place that you stay yeah. at. And so, but um, we did talk, I briefly once, not on, on air. Uh, like, are you basically just hunkering down, you and her, or are you kind of doing something else? So yeah, so it's me and my roommate. We are fortunate enough that she bought a house like this past summer. So we're in a full size house, which is nice. We were talking about today, like if we had to be still in our like old apartment with like upstairs neighbors and stuff, that would be rough. So we have a lot of space. People might frown upon this. I don't know, but we've seen like a couple friends like that are you know. I frown. Let's put in our public service announcement right now. Let's <laughs> talk to some people. Um, about you know whether we actually want to have some epidemiologists on the podcast to talk about. So I do want to take this moment to just encourage everybody to stay home, form your unit. It should just be like you know in your case, Megan, the two of you. Uh, for us, it's me and my wife and my two kids, and like we are really not 
seeing anyone. Today, my son was bored, biked around town. He like knocked on the doors. I just kind of stood back uh, so his friends could like come to the door or whatever. And they could just say, hey, like I needed to see people in person. Um, but uh, I really hope everyone who's listening uh, is staying home. Uh, we can talk about that in a minute. But, um, but yeah, obviously, it's like the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we are staying home. We've had, you know, two, three friends over who are also not really seeing anyone other than us. So, I mean, we're not so spreading. If you call yourself a single unit of five people that happens to live in two places, that's fine. Exactly. I won't, I won't basically, that, yeah, that's like the same. That's basically the situation, right? So, before people. What about your family, your parents in particular? I did see my parents last weekend. Um, I mean, they're also not really seeing that many people. I, I people can run upon it. Your friends I, are also seeing their parents too. That's probably giving the trouble. Yeah, I mean, my parents are young, so I'm not too worried. Like they're not worried in terms of themselves. Um, so that helps, obviously. Yeah, I think people have to figure out what works for them, right? Like I don't know. I think I will go very, very stir crazy very fast if I literally never leave the house and only see. My roommate, so. <laughs> no, I agree. And, you know, I was thinking about it, right? So at some level, like, for me, <laughs> as I was thinking about things we were going to talk about today, it's like, uh, so obviously you have a roommate, and you were talking mm-hmm. about, like, uh, you know, younger folks that are in New York. I know at least one person that kind of just left New York, and I'm going to guess that she's, like, 23 or so, right? And she's, like, mm-hmm. she went back to stay with uh, her parents, which I think makes a ton of sense. So I was trying to decide, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of parents I know when they go on business trips like oh i've got this hotel room all to myself i can just kind of go to sleep but i have schedule it's so wonderful and so i wonder if they're you know parents whose kids are driving crazy <laughs> during this like oh i wish i was like socially isolated all by myself but then at the same some level I, I know i personally would go crazy after a few days of that like i'm fine being home and and whatnot but it would be tough to actually be in an apartment all by yourself yeah so yeah, I would say I'm definitely being like smart, right? Calculated risks, but I just yeah, I think it helps not being in a big city, right? Like you're not seeing tons of people outside of that. So, but you are in a uh, secure, undisclosed location in Connecticut. I don't know if they're <laughs> doing worse than uh, New Jersey. Obviously, New- I feel like we're having not near me. My county is not doing too bad uh, outside of Princeton, but um, I think that uh, you know Northern Jersey is getting. Uh, hit very hard and so I wasn't sure what it was like in, in your part of Canada. Yeah it's similar here in that like um, Fairfield County so what's closest to the city mm-hmm. is in rough shape but Hartford County where I am is pretty low right now um, not too serious. Yeah how are you one thing I did want to ask you and thought this would be maybe uh, of interest to our listeners like what are some of the sources you're using to keep up with um, what's going on with the coronavirus stuff like what have been your primary sources of information good reads good follows things like that yeah so i will admit that i've taken like a big step back from reading the news this week because i feel like last week i was just constantly absorbing it and it was a little bit too much so uh yeah so i was like i need to not spend five hours a day like reading the news um <laughs> it's just too much and <laughs> a lot so i've taken a step back um, I did read one article that I really liked this week was on 538. They had an article that kind of, it had some nice graphs and it compared all the, like, um, a few different experts on, like, their oh, opinions of, like, one. where it was going to go. And it, like, I mean, it basically, just the conclusion of it is that, like, no one really knows what's going on and no one knows what's going to happen. Um, oh, but I, I thought, thought it was, was a consensus in that article, though, right? It was, like, one, someone was... had a giant range, but everyone else had <laughs> a pretty tight. 
Yeah, but I mean, there's definitely like a consensus of basically that like this is what we think, but we don't really know. Um, yeah. Which I think is general. Like, I mean, everyone can kind of reason that from the news, but I just found it interesting to kind of see that presented in front of you. Yeah, yeah. One source that's been pretty interesting to me is that it's like healthmeter.us or something. Have you heard about this? It's like, like smart thermometers. Kinsa makes them or something. It's started to be covered in the news a little bit. Have you come across that yet? I haven't seen that, no. No, so I guess I don't really know why someone would buy an internet-connected uh, <laughs> thermometer. Uh, like, it makes a little bit more sense to me for a Nest or something for your thermostat for your house, but um, I, I don't get the benefit. But anyhow, they've got, like, a million or more people taking their temperature with these thermometers, and so they can see when people are, they have, like, anonymized data, and so you can see when there's these spikes in people with fevers mm-hmm. in different parts of uh the country and usually it's like a leading indicator of like you know hospital admissions and things like that yeah. so um i think that's pretty fascinating and the good news is it looks like the fevers are coming down in these places where people are practicing social distancing so that's reassuring hopefully we can uh, stay the course i don't think we need to get into politics too too much on this uh, yeah but i do hope that, uh, <laughs> i do hope that um you know we will stay the course but um, clearly it's going to take some time. I think everybody understands that. So, so that's been just interesting to monitor. One person I've been following on Twitter who's really good is that Andy Slavit, Slavit, I don't know how you pronounce his name. He's on, I think, the Woj pod. Um, he used to be like the administrator for the Center for Medicare and Medicaid or something um, under Obama. And so he's actually got been a really informative uh, Twitter feed. I think it's A-S-L-A-V-I-T-T. Cool. I'll have to look at that because I have not followed him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another interesting article I saw today was kind of or a series of articles, really, not just one in particular, using like cell phone GPS data to kind of grade people on social distancing, which, hey, Connecticut got an A, so we're doing good. Oh, I but <laughs> I saw what I think I tweeted this on my, my personal account. They, um, you know, and it's kind of, as I said in my tweet, like eye opening on multiple levels, but they, <laughs> you know, basically used phone signal data to find all those spring breakers that were on, you know, Miami Beach <laughs> or whatever. And then they could like trace where they went over the next two, uh, or next month or whatever. I saw. And so you could totally see how it was like super hot spot in Miami. And then it's just like mostly all over the Eastern, uh, part of the U S they didn't really go back out to California, not surprisingly, but, um, <laughs> But it was just sort of like, whoa, this is exactly what we're talking about. And then it's also like, whoa, it's amazing they can figure out where exactly we've <laughs> been in such detail. I mean, they say it's all anonymized, but I think we're skeptical. Yeah, yeah. The level of data they can get from your phone is a little concerning. But <laughs> Mostly we're not tracking that kind of all that information on, on our chat site. No. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so that's been interesting. I've been kind of obsessed with those Financial Times uh charts right which show the log you know deaths and cases um yeah uh, those are good that. the new york times one actually not, i actually like that one a little better because you can uh, they tell you they show you the slope for the last week uh, as well so but the whole thing is just you know incredibly uh, daunting yeah i've also been enjo- like liking those charts this sounds morbid but really only the death one because i just feel like the yeah, cases one is way more of a function of testing and it's just not reliable data so um, as sad as it is like the desk one is really the only one that's actual reliable data so yeah i haven't seen i've seen some charts of just tests like that's an important number as well so. yeah the test number is important but just the like the positive cases i think it's just too much of a function of testing capacity yeah. and then actual oh 100 so 100 and then speaking of something you mentioned earlier like 
the other thing that's becoming clear is that I think for some reason people form this impression early on that like it doesn't affect young people, but like it seems like it does. I think I saw something today that said like forty four percent of hospitalizations in the in New York City or something are people between twenty to forty four. That doesn't sound one hundred percent right because that's a weird age group, but it was like some like remarkably high percentage uh, was a remarkably low group. Right? It's not like it's only you know. 80 year olds in nursing homes that are coming down with this or that are yeah. coming down with it so so negatively that they have to go to the hospital a lot of young people are going to the hospital yeah i'm like a little skeptical of all the stats just because i feel like things are being one like a lot of the media sources seem to be playing with like certain stats in the way that like tells a story but um well, yeah it's I, haven't noticed. I wouldn't say i don't know I don't know. They always, like, I see, like, stats, and it's, like, they say, like, this age group, and then they change the age group in the next chat, and then it's, oh, like, yeah. oh, and it's, like, and it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm a little skeptical. There also, it's some, also, sorry, like, there, a there percentage. Go, sorry, go, there definitely are some charts that have been circulating in, like, the data visualization Twitter about, yeah. like, how not to, you know, it's like different age groups, different scales, and it's, like, totally anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little, so I'm a little skeptical of everything I read, and also then, the number of like people at that age group that are being tested i think you know right like no tested i think completely with you but like hospitalized i feel like they know the age of the hospitalized people well and so if like almost half of hospitalized people are young like that's just the fact yeah but i haven't seen almost half i've seen like smaller percentage than that and then i am curious just to like right because it seems like a big trend right now is that like it's mostly people that have some kind of pre-existing condition so I think that's people. starting to be less and less. I think is what okay. I don't know. I've been, like I said, I've been less plugged in this week, but yeah. um, I don't yep. know. I'm just skeptical of everything I've read because there seems to be a lot of bad information out there right now. So, Well, there's no doubt that it's like, you know, it's wartime, right? And so the international reports aren't going to be great. But I do believe that <laughs> yeah. um, the death counts are right. I do believe the hospital. Oh, yeah. That agreed. Right stuff, uh, at least here in the U.S. So, um, so yeah. So, no, I think, yeah. like, to me, the impression is, uh, uh, the more I'm learning this week, it's, hey, it's not just an old person's disease. Um, hey, the social distancing is working. If we can just hold on, it's going to be mm-hmm. good. Um, it's, so I said, old person's disease. Um, the other thing is, like, I mean, reading some of the stories of the people that aren't even getting hospitalized sounds horrible. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, even just, like, I mean, people talk about, like, oh, it's 10 times worse than the flu if the flu kills 0.1% of the people that get it and one, you know, and 1% of the people that are getting the coronavirus. But like the symptoms sound 10 times worse or more than if you get the flu. Like I don't ever get the flu like some of these stories you read in the, um, in the paper. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I'm just trying to, I don't know, fact check everything you read though because I do think that's a problem. But um, yeah. yeah, agreed, it sounds horrible. I don't want to get it. But yeah. Else. And I also like, I feel sort of, uh, so one thing that's interesting, I'm feeling a little guilty, right? That I don't feel like I've really done that much, right? I mean, a little, you know, we could have someone on here to talk to our, our listeners about mm-hmm. why it's so important and we can talk about it ourselves. But it's a great team of things. I don't really feel like I'm, you know, contributing a lot. But then I saw a stat today. It was like, if we're not social distancing, then like they basically estimate if you uh, come down with it and just sort of spread it normally, like probably 40 people will die as a result of you kind of going out and about, which is an incredible number. Uh, and of course you'd have no idea because you would thought 
you're asymptomatic or have just a mild mm-hmm. cold or something. So yeah. that's like a pretty wild uh, kind of uh, piece of data as yeah. well and kind of way to think about it. And so it does make me feel a little bit better that like that's my primary contribution at this point is staying home staying and home. not infecting yep. other people as much as I can. Yep. Agreed. Yes. Staying home until they come up with a solution or we at least have more data that tells us what the real risk is. I think that's a big concern in addition to staying home. It's just like, we don't know. I think that's a big thing. We just don't know. You know, I mean, it's crazy to think about what everyone talks about the 1918 flu. I can only imagine what life looked like then when they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, Do you know anyone that's been infected by it? Like secondhand, yes, but nothing like Like coworker kind of thing or? Not a coworker, so Hmm. um, just secondhand, but um. Yeah, for the most part, people seem that for sure know they had it as like a flu. No couple of people that ever like, hey, I came back from traveling though, two months so, ago, but you know, might have had it. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought Teresa played thought that she played through it or something. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Liz Campage as well. Yeah, Liz Campage was like last year, so I don't really think that that's the okay. actual thing. <laughs> but um, I did not fully read that article. Nor did yeah, yeah. Though I do think that there's probably like a real high probability that it's been here and it's been outside of China for longer than people think it has, right? Like we said, you know, the first case in the U.S. was what, like a month ago or something? I think that's a real no, case no, no, was the here before that. No, no, the first case in the U.S. was January 15th. That I know. Okay, okay. Um, but okay. it could have been a little bit before that as well. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's uh, part of my skepticism on the, you know, case numbers that's... If it's been here since January 15th, it's probably spread a lot further than we, anyone has an idea. Yeah, I don't know anyone either. Uh, a teacher at my son's middle school um, uh, was diagnosed with it. Um, and that was like right after they'd already said, you know, I think they sent out an email Thursday that said, hey, Friday's going to be half day and then that's it, um, which everyone was kind of expecting at that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then like, I think Friday evening, they got confirmation that a teacher had a positive test or maybe over the weekend so again that's kind of secondhand um yeah. and then i also went to the sloan conference um i guess we last chatted so i was a little nervous uh, about that i was worried that i had like a little um i'm like my I, I was like a little under the weather but it, you know i don't think it was coronavirus i was like oh man i better not get sick before this and i'm like i wonder if they're gonna call it off and they actually so they sent us an email like wednesday night confirming it was on i drove up to boston on thursday i guess while we were at the conference on friday and like he had said hey you're not allowed to have any conferences with more than 150 people but like 2,000 people were already there um mm-hmm. and mit's policy was like if anyone's already in town you can finish it but i i, I didn't find that out until afterward um and then i came home and my wife's like so were you staying at that hotel where the <laughs> conference was i was like what if what's that you know and so i googled i thought it turned out like a mile from there because um, we were in the seaport area as well. So, you know, but everyone was like, you know, elbow bumping or or not. And I'm more than two weeks out, so I'm confident that uh, I didn't catch it there. But apparently, you know, not surprisingly, I saw on Twitter that like at least one person who was there now tested positive. So I guess that's kind of sort of secondhand as well. But I definitely felt like I dodged a bullet. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the concern is, right, like, I think there was data that came out of China this week that they think, like, a third of cases are asymptomatic. So, like, you I could have it. Be almost closer to half. Yeah. So, you could have it and have zero idea that you have it, like, have no symptoms. So, I think that's the bigger concern to me, right? Like, because if you're sick, you know you're sick, you're going to stay home. 
Like, great that you could spread it well, before you pick up those symptoms, but... Yeah, the other question I have, right, so many people go to work when they are sick. So I, I mean, Yeah, that's lots true. Lots of interesting questions about, like, how our habits are going to change forever, right? Like, it's, right now, it's, it's, you know, washing your hands for 20 seconds seems like an eternity, right? I was like, <laughs> like, I'm washing my hands, and, like, I dry it, like, oh, crap, that was only five seconds. I got to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the fact that's so baffling to me is, like, the number one recommendation for this is, like, washing your hands. And I'm like, do people not normally wash their hands? <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. This is too much information, right? But yeah, I'm like, I was going uh, crazy washing my hands at this thing. And this was like really the first time I ever walked around mm-hmm. with a pocket bureau in my, in my yeah. pocket. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't normally do that either. But like just washing your hands, like I feel like it's normal practice that people well, wash their so hands. Part, you know, uh, an important part of going to Sloan conferences, a lot of people gather at a sports bar, um, you know, mm-hmm. nearby and you're watching all the basketball games and stuff. And so I will say, again, too much information. You can choose to edit this out if you want. Um, but, you know, so I'm going a little bonkers, washing my hands. Some people, uh, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, you know, washing my hands. I'm kind of like waiting for someone to come in so I don't even have to touch the hands at all. <laughs> and so like drunk guy, you know, goes to the bathroom, just kind of walks out without even washing his hands at all. I'm like, I understand people don't do that gross as it is in normal times, but it just seems extra insane to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's baffling to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's also like the worst thing is baffling to me too. I mean, I think it's partially because like I physically can work from home because we always have signs up in our office that are like, if you're sick, stay home. Yeah. Yeah. It's like our normal policy. So it's, it's. I guess baffling to me that that's not other norm- people's normal policy, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not everybody's into. I mean, they're going to be a lot more. It's very interesting. The companies are like, "Oh no, we can't have be HIPAA compliant." And it's like, "Oh, actually, you know, now we can't do telemedicine because we have to." And so yeah. it's going to open up a lot of things. So, so yeah, so it's been it's been crazy. Um, trying to think of what else I was that sort of struck me that I thought would be interesting chat about but uh you know it's just everyone's kind of patient um you know you talked about oh was it in that 538 article what is your over under for when life is going to get sort of back to normal i don't know i'm hope so i have <laughs> this is going to sound selfish because i'm basing it off of that wait, wait, so yeah. I have to... <laughs> i'm going to guess it's I'm, whatever your number is i'm going to guess i'm going to take the over based on our conversation about puerto rico so i have a trip scheduled i'm supposed to leave june 26 so the end of june <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm hoping things will be back to normal by then. That's like, I'm thinking like June 1st. So wait, so that would be like three months. Well, officially like, yeah. Hmm. So officially I'm supposed to leave literally three months from today. And I'm hoping to be able to do that. (laughs) No, I totally get why you're hoping you're able to do that. I think we were hoping, right? We'd all get to uh, New Orleans. Uh, Yeah. We'll get to that. If we rename, um, yeah. If we do rename uh, this podcast to uh, distance socializing, then we can have a special, you know, very special in-person socializing uh, (laughs) at events like uh, New Orleans. But so, yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, I would, again, I'm going to take the over. I think that uh, in much the same way we were just hoping that like, oh yeah, we'll be able to, maybe we'll be able to go and still cover it with our credentials even if there's no fans. And then in retrospect, yeah. I was very naive. I just <laughs> would love, I mean, I hope you'll get to go, right? You deserve it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, at the same time, I, you know, to me, the biggest question isn't, can we get it down? Because I do believe we can get it down. I think what, 
I mean, my town certainly is, I think, being really amazing about, um, you know, social distancing. And so it makes me feel safe relative to some of these other places. And I think even, you know, hot, hot spots like New York City and whatnot in Seattle has clearly bent their curve, right, as everybody mm-hmm. says. So I think it can be done. But the challenge is I just am skeptical that we're going to be able to open it back up and not just reignite the whole thing, right? So I think it's, it's like a fire where, you know, it's like we'll have, you know, we'll take away most of the air and we'll mostly burn out. And then it's like we'll give it a little more oxygen when we go back to normal. Yeah, a lot of what I've been reading this week is it kind of seems like this feels like it's going to, you know, slow down come summer and then re-spike in the fall. It seems to be a popular opinion. I don't know. I haven't read enough to know, like, why they think that, but it seems to be popular, which is unfortunate. But it seems like it's, I don't know, from some of the stuff I've read this week, it's going to maybe require, like, periods of social distancing, so not maybe continuous social distancing. Yeah, one of the most creative things I saw on Twitter is maybe we could do something where we basically work like two days and are off five, so like a reverse weekend, and that <laughs> essentially that would give people time to. And they said you could also do instead of a seven day cycle, like a four days on, ten days off kind of thing. And then that would give a chance for everybody to mix, spread it around, then like isolate themselves. The ones that caught it in those four days or whatever would show symptoms before the next, and they would stay home, you know, and know that they have it. And so you wouldn't mm-hmm. have this accidental asymptomatic transi- uh, transmission. I thought that was actually like a really fascinating way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all interesting. I feel like a lot of it, it's just, there's just so much unknowns, right? Like it is, there's a lot that's just totally unknown. Yeah, so. although I will say, um, I was talking to our uh, Sherry Owens, shout out to Sherry, um, that the, so she is an epidemiologist. She pointed out, which I didn't quite realize, but apparently the 1918 flu pandemic was actually like worse in the winter and like the second wave than um, the first wave of sort of fits in with everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's supposed to be worse, but I've seen that it, like they're expecting that it seems like it'll dip a little bit in the summer consistent with like a flu season type thing. And yeah. then hopefully pick yeah. back up. Yep. At least we can hope that if we could have our summer, it would be nice. Definitely what our president <laughs> hopes, right? So, but I have, to, I mean, again, I think to your point, I think they, they're still figuring it all out. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. Do... I just think that's, I feel like that's the biggest takeaway, right? And I feel like I wish that more news outlets would just say that because yeah. there's so many outlets that are trying to present things like facts. And I'm like, why don't we just say that we don't know? Because I think a lot of it is we just don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that in the context of the WNBA. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, I think we probably talked a ton here about. Uh, yeah, uh, I've got like a half hour coronavirus. Oh, yeah. number. I mean, that's what everybody's <laughs> talking about. So hopefully, or yeah, another again, I will just repeat: like, please stay home if you're listening yes. to this. Uh, bonus points if you've gotten this far into it and haven't turned off. Um, maybe in your intro, you can emphasize we start with this. Um, yeah, I'll but, tell them uh, what minute we start <laughs> talking about basketball in case they want to skip our we coronavirus promise, content. We promise. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, so what do you want to talk on the basketball side? Do you want to start talking more about uh, New Orleans and college stuff? Do you want to talk about WNBA stuff in the summer? Let's start with NCAA and then we can talk about WNBA, which we actually got positive news on today, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was positive. Not, apparently not everybody thought it was, but I thought that was positive. Yeah, yeah NCAA, as we talked about, we thought we were going to be uh, in person in New Orleans. We you know, booked our hotels yeah. thanks to your uh, travel savvy and uh, we were ready <laughs> to go. It was going to be great. But, um, but yeah, so... We haven't talked really since they canceled yeah. the tournament. So what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, obviously extremely sad. Right? <laughs> I just like <laughs> it still doesn't feel real. I feel like it's felt like kind of like a month since it's happened, but it also feels like I just like feel like it's still coming. I don't know. <laughs> um so yeah, hard to rationalize with. So upsetting. This season has been so fun too and so competitive that it's obviously just really sad to not get to kind of see what the outcome is going to be. Um to not get whatever that national championship would have been. I think everyone is kind of on t- Twitter has been talking about, you know, that South Carolina Oregon game that we were all looking forward to, but even whatever it would have been, it sucks to not see it, not get to see March basketball, right? It's what we looked forward to all season while we're covering it. Everyone's always talking about, okay, what's going to happen in March? What are things going to be in March? So, yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you <laughs> on that, right? I think that, uh, you know, and that sort of fits in a little bit with some of the stuff we've been doing in the last uh, week, some of the stories we've had. But uh, obviously, I think everybody was sort of expecting an Oregon-South Carolina final at this mm-hmm. point. But I think the other thing that's clear is, like, I don't think there was a clear-cut favorite, right? I think no. you can definitely make the case for both. I think that, um, and there's no guarantee that either that both of those teams would have made it. Certainly, it was the most likely outcome. But there are other good teams, a lot of parity. I think they separated themselves. You know, even Baylor, right, had that late loss. Mm-hmm. Of that, once again, it's an eternity ago. But, uh, you know, I think definitely anything could have happened. Uh, and so that's, I think, the most disappointing thing is that, you know, we're just never going to see the conclusion of what I still think was a great season. And I just hope that it's a good omen for, for next year. Agreed. I do think we're at least blessed that we got to see, like, most of, like, the solid Champ Week games, right? Because most of the Women's Champ Week tournaments come before the men's so like all the yeah. men's ones got canceled but we at least got to see most of the big conference well tournaments. i mean it was only 13 right i know out of 32 because uh, mm-hmm. marissa had been um you know doing great work kind of chronicling that and it, you know basically it's reverse right so right the men they build to the big power tournaments the day of selection sunday you know saturday and sunday that weekend and so they rip so some of the power schools are all early but then the smaller conferences so there's also i mean i think there are schools like i know south dakota right won their uh summit league championship right and so like mm-hmm. they at least had the joy of you know cutting down the net as i said it's some of the other power schools and so i was thinking about that it would have been even tougher if uh you know this happened three weeks earlier let's just say from a basketball yeah. perspective i do have okay. a question for you though is do you think it would be worse to be a spring sport athlete or a winter sport athlete I don't know. I so the NC2A is supposed to vote Monday on eligibility extensions. I will be baffled if they don't give spring sports the extra year of eligibility. So in a way, I feel like it's worth to be winter because I really don't see them giving winter sports actually uh, an extra year. And spring sports is it's horrible. They miss their entire season. A lot of seniors probably won't stay, right? Because it's just they probably got other things lined up. Yeah, no, I mean, but, it's not lucrative to stay. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, yeah. but they'll at least have the option. I have a feeling. Winter sports, I don't know. To play that whole season, right? Be in the place. I mean, like some of them, their seasons were already over, but to be in the place of you know the top, you know, the schools that were gonna make the tournament and then just not get to make it for schools that were competing for a championship, for schools that it was gonna be their first tournament, for schools that, like you know in the first that champ week that we did get to see made a run that to get an automatic bid 
that's obviously like heartbreaking. So I don't know which is worse. Yeah, but to me, I feel probably like the, I'm about to go with basketball. I think or go with the winter sports. So you're not sure? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say probably winter sports too, just because I think I really do think that the NCAA is gonna give spring sports an extra year of eligibility, so they'll yeah. get a shot at it again if they want it. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't even thought about I that. I don't to think me, that's going to happen. For, I'll just, be shocked if they rule for winter sports to give players another year. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like that. Man, was it a, was a men's East tournament game that they cut off in the middle of the game? I mean, to me, it's like yeah. canceling a marathon at mile 21 versus canceling mm-hmm. it a week ahead of time, even after you've been training. It's got to just be so much worse to be in the middle of the competition and have it sort of unfinished. Like, it's sort of easier to internalize. Like, yeah. oh, you know, we're in this horrible situation. Again, oh, I should say shout out to the Ivy League for being uh, ahead mm-hmm. of the curve on that. Proactive. <laughs> um, and uh, so, but yeah, that seems, seems rough. So, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, obviously, I think the main word for the whole thing is just bummer and so disappointing and, you know, hope there had been a way to uh, salvage something, you know, but I do think realistically uh, it didn't make sense. So, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it's been, you know, interesting. You wrote that article, right, about wind chairs, yep. uh, which I thought was really uh, interesting. You want to uh, tell folks if they haven't uh, read it yet, which would surprise me. They all should have read it by now. But uh, in, on the off chance, we have some new listeners. Uh, what, what did you think as you were working on that article? Yeah, I, the thing that was interesting to me was like, Sabrina came out on top in total wind chairs. Not that surprising. Um, but then when she was per 40... Aaliyah Boston being on the top there. I mean, we all know she had an incredible season. I find it so fascinating because she, like, I, she's probably one of the best players this year, in my opinion. But she's not necessarily getting the like award. Um, like you know, all the American, all American mm-hmm. lists are starting to come out, and she's not necessarily getting the nods. I mean, she's made a couple second team lists. I personally think she's the first team All American candidate. So interested to see that she's not really getting those um, nods there. Hmm. Obviously, uh, she's an interesting a... research. How many? Fr- I mean, come on, second team is pretty good. How many freshmen yeah. in first team? I don't know. Fans, uh... <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, I've, I also think the all American teams are just very interesting this year. What was it this week? We had AP came out, and I forget what the other one was. There's two that came out this week, and they were pretty. One, I think. Yeah, those were pretty consistent, but then when you look at, like, the finalist list for, like, the Naismith Trophy and the mm-hmm. Wade Trophy that came out this week, they are not consistent at all with what was for Steam, AP, huh. and huh. the other ones. So, it's interesting. There's going to be a lot of, I think, different first All-American teams this season, which is consistent with what we've seen in terms of parity. Um, I mean, yeah. obviously, Sabrina's going to win the yeah. all the big trophies, but the rest, who the, like tandem team of other four players is is kind of up in the air on all of those yeah and i mean as i said that's why it was such a part of why it was such a great season mm-hmm, exactly um but yeah no and we should probably say right for people that aren't quite as familiar that wind shares right it's a statistic it's based on the box score but it's meant to kind of estimate the impact in terms of the number of wins that uh, the player created so it's kind of measuring you know, not just points or something, but all your contributions, or at least the contributions you can measure in the box score. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of one of my favorite statistics to look at because it just tries to grab all of the data points within the box score to kind of estimate that. So, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, and so really what's fascinating is you're saying that on a permanent basis, Aaliyah Boston was the most productive player, uh, even more productive than Sabrina. But then, of course, she didn't play as many minutes 
uh, and at first, right, I, I was mistakenly under the impression maybe she was having Kyle trouble. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it was conditioning or something. I think she only played, what, like 26 minutes a game? Yeah, I think it's a combination of um, some foul trouble games, some conditioning probably, some just being a freshman and, you know, that's the situation. And then also just the depth of South Carolina this season as well. Um, So a lot of factors kind of playing into that. But, I mean, overall, she's still fourth in total win shares on the Wooden Warren ballot. So nothing to be ashamed of there either. Which is a nice segue. Did you get a chance to listen to uh, Dawn Staley on the podcast with John uh, that we released on Monday? So yeah, I'm ashamed to admit no. <laughs> I know. So to be fair, so I am still working, and I'm what? working from home, <laughs> which I'm obviously very lucky to be doing. Right. But something about the like lack of schedule and structure of working from home and having literally nothing else to do has lead, led to me working like 12 hour days every day. Mm-hmm. So okay. you said that. As an aside, when do you normally um, listen to your podcast? Like on your commute or what you don't have? Or, um, you know, so usually I will work, listen while I'm working during the what? day, but this new project what again? is a lot of meetings. Um, uh, so I'm literally on the phone from nine to five and the then trying to get through like actual headset. work. Yeah, so okay. it's like phone calls nine to five and trying to crank through work like five to ten so <laughs> got it got it got it yeah now i mostly get my podcast in um running uh mm-hmm. or um you know maybe a little bit if i'm doing the dishes if we've got a lot or something like that <laughs> dishes okay. or cooking uh so but yeah no it's all totally thrown my routine off as well but i did uh listen to it I, she was great um really interesting i would strongly encourage people to uh, listen john did a great job as he always does and, um, you know, I mean, she was just talking about how she talked about a number of things. First, she talked, of course, which I think is her uh, theme of her media tour. And we should say, first of all, congratulations to her for winning Coach of the Year. Uh, yes. So many belts, uh, which is, I think, totally well-deserved. But she was talking mm-hmm. a lot about why her team, you know, I think a lot of people think Oregon would have beaten them in the final. And, you know, just the lack of respect. Like, they're number one. They've been number one since January 13th. And she just, like, doesn't understand why people don't think they'd be able to beat Oregon. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've seen that message on Twitter. I'm excited to listen to the podcast when I get a chance probably this weekend, but agreed. I think that game would have been so much fun. I am in the camp of, I think, really Oregon would have won a championship this year just based on experience compared to what, I mean, South Carolina had a lot of freshmen. I think they've got a really, really good shot at winning the 2021 championship next year, Um, but so yeah. I mean, no I respect to, you, disrespect to Don Staley. I just think Oregon would have won him this year, yeah, but they would it would have been a great game. I mean, I think the thing is, though, I think we, everybody can agree. I mean, I don't think you think it's a 90% chance they would have won that game, right? No, no, not at all. I think Honestly, most, I don't. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. 2% chance or something. I, I don't know. That is what a lot of people think. And so then it looks like everybody thinks they're going to win. I mean, I do sort of have that deep suspicion, but I guess the beauty of our uh, – women's uh, NCAA championship schedule that's any given Sunday for the championship, right? There's no doubt mm-hmm. that South Carolina could have beaten them um, on that Sunday, whatever date that would have been, the fifth, sixth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder what the teams are going to do that day, right? If you can't even have a gathering. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so she was great. She talked a lot about the freshmen and how they were just willing to learn from uh, the senior leadership. Talked about, I think, uh, I think it was Kiki, uh, yeah, Herbert here again. Um, mm-hmm. Right, uh, and how she really actually got into shape and was able to do a lot more, if I recall uh, correctly. I didn't re- write any notes that I brought here, so um, it was just really interesting mm-hmm. to hear her her insights. 
Um, what would you think? Actually, I was trying to think about creative stuff. What would you think if they try to like do some kind of charity game on the the Saturday or something? Uh, bring back the I guess you can't really do it because like Aaliyah Boston hypothetically is playing on Sunday. Would it be fun to like have them face off at the Final Four next year as like an exhibition? Yeah. I don't think, like, realistically it's possible, but it would be really awesome if it was. I'd also be such a fan of if, like, this stuff kind of calms down in June. Like, I think Minya Moore was, like, t- tweeting from Oregon about, like, oh. just, like have a pickup game. Like, I would be so down if they did that and, like, you know, if the WNBA hasn't quite started up yet, but it's safe to have, like, a pickup game. And I think Holly Rowe tweeted back at her being, like, I would so be there. Like, if it's, like, broadcasted a pickup oh. game on ESPN and had, like, Holly Rowe there, that would be so awesome. Totally I don't yeah. know that it's possible, but I wish it would happen. <laughs> oh, you've been on Twitter a little bit. I totally missed that one. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, speaking of other um, coronavirus asides and social media, did you go do the club quarantine thing that everyone was talking about? I, like, saw tweets about it, but no, I did not. <laughs> I am a conscientious objector to Facebook and Instagram, so I did not, but <laughs> that, definitely quite the phenomenon. So, yeah, no, that would be amazing, actually. I hadn't seen seen that at all. Yeah, I, I hope it'll happen. It would be fun to watch. I would just like to see those two teams play, right? I mean, it's like you can't guarantee that would, would have been the national championship game because that's how much works, but it would just be so much fun to get to watch those two teams. Yeah, especially like, since they didn't play, right? I think one thing that's great about women's basketball is how the power teams are all playing each other, right? We've got so mm-hmm. many matchups of potential Final Four teams. So that was a combination that we didn't get this year. Yeah, exactly. You know, combination I think everyone would really, really, really like to see. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that does sort of fit in with um, kind of we're talking about calendar schedule. I mean, I think, again, the number one thing to me is I just hope that we'll be able to have a full uh, NCAA season from the normal starting point uh, yeah. next year. I mean, fingers crossed. I'm not, I'm not going to take the over on that. I think they'll probably figure out a way to, to get it started at some point. But, um, but the WNBA, they made their announcement today, right, about the draft and uh, how they're going to do that as a virtual draft as scheduled. What do you, what do you mm-hmm. think about that? Do you have a reaction? Yeah, so I have mixed feelings. So on one hand, I'm so excited that we, one, have something basketball-related to look forward to right now because right, it's, we've been two full weeks at this point without any form of basketball. So having that on the calendar and... I don't know, two or three weeks from today is really exciting, something to look forward to. Um, and also, like, it kind of is hopeful that, like, the WNBA season should happen then. I mean, obviously, the Olympic cancel or the Olympic postponement adds some hope that there's going to be some kind of season, right? Because even if they can't start on time, they don't have to have to take that break now. So it might look different than it was supposed to be, but it, I'm hoping it could happen. Um so on a positive side, like, yes, one, that's great. Two, there's no live sports on right now. So they've just moved, uh, like, as of a couple hours ago, the draft is actually going to be on regular ESPN. Oh, really? ESPN I was going to ask too. about it. I was going to comment on that. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that in the last couple hours. I wonder yeah, what so was going to be on ESPN when they originally had it on ESPN2 scheduled. Yeah, so I think from the tweets I saw, at least it was kind of in the works. So when they announced it this morning, it was ESPN2. It wasn't from the Twitter backlash of everyone being like, hey like there's literally nothing else on why can't be on ESPN um but it was in the works so it is officially going to be on ESPN and because there's no other sports on I think that's great visibility so that's awesome so there's definitely positives of it happening but part of me 
I don't know. I'm just like, one, you don't know if there's going to actually be a WNBA season right now. Like, I think that's still a question mark. How can you ask all these juniors to commit to deciding if they're going to declare or not when you don't even know if there's going to be a season? Are you going to have an option for them to go back if they don't? Then, two of these kids that are seniors, if well, I mean, granted, they could get another year of eligibility that'll be decided Monday, which is far in advance. But this is like something these players have been working towards their entire life. And for the top prospects to not have that draft day experience with like their families and that ex- environment kind of sucks for them, especially when they've already been deprived of a senior year NCAA tournament. I like, kind of wonder, could you have just pushed it out? until things got better if there's going to be a season still hold it before the season I don't know logistically wise if that could happen I'm just like they've already had a lot taken away from them so could you not take that experience away from them and then from a fan or media perspective like there's so many fun elements of draft day that if it's virtual are going to be taken away like the fashion the watching like someone like react from their table with their parents to when they get picked um it's the environment, having their coaches there, having their family there. It's I, I'm on the fence of how I feel about it, basically. Gotcha. Now, okay, this will be good radio. Because I'm going to disagree with you at least on that last point. I think they can still do make it uh, very compelling uh, television. I think it'll be um, still possible to get those reactions. I'm not quite sure. Like you know, we're talking about the draft fashion and stuff. Um, you know, how much uh, assistance they need from people and will be able to, uh, you know, will they get their hair done or whatever? And uh, now can they not? And so maybe it makes it a little harder to be quite as glamorous as last year. I mean, I do think it's an experience to go to New York and agree with all of that. And so that's too bad. And it's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it in the context of, you know, after sort of getting robbed of uh, not having the tournament experience either. But I still think it can be compelling. Um, I think logistically, you have to do it this way. Um, this fits into kind of the second part of what I wanted to talk about the WNBA, but I think like once it's we're good to go to have the draft in person, then at that point we want to be playing games. And so you want to know who's on your team at that point. You want them basically the moment that we can get together enough to have a draft in person, you would, I think you would much rather have the training camp. Um, well, well, except I have some crazy ideas, but Broadly speaking, if you thought the league was going to start playing in, let's say, June 26th, uh, you know, I think then you'd be better off just making sure, like, instead of starting on August, uh, July 1st, let's start on June 26th, and instead of having that interlude of five days, like, might the draft might cost you. So, so that's where I am on that. Um, and it is, I'm glad to hear that they're going to have it on ESPN. I'll be interested to see what the viewership is for that. I think they're, um, right now, people are really excited in the, the, the WNBA that maybe wouldn't be otherwise because there's no sports on right now. Right? I'm a little cautious what's going to happen uh, in general. So I think it's smart that they did it at the time. Um, and it will be good to be doing it in this kind of downtime when there's not much else compelling television to watch. And so, so I think it, I hope it's going to be able to be a good opportunity to really showcase the league. Yeah. No, I totally agree that it's going to so- showcase the league. I- yeah. The, to me, the fashion is disappointing because even when you have like the NBA and the NFL draft, like people talk about the fashion and I'm sorry, but all like the men's game fashion is is different suits. And it's I don't know. It's not that exciting to me. Oh, <laughs> but like the- crazy. <laughs> right? And they like in they 
so in the stuff on the inside. Yeah. yeah no, but like, like you can't get that creative nowhere. with yeah. men's fashion. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> but can. like women's fashion is. Tries, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Women's fashion is so much more exciting. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a girl and I find that stuff exciting. But like I, that's one of my favorite parts of the draft is like seeing like the orange carpet and what everyone wears. And I don't know. It's a lot of fun for me to see that. So yeah, well, I think that's my biggest question is could, do you think they could, could uh, glam it up or whatever the right phrase is? Uh, at home that's my question yeah i think it won't be the same type of fashion i think they could still do it and i hope they do some kind of like fits type thing you know like the league fits twitter where they should mm. look the walk in fashion like i don't think it's going to be full glam fashion and there's really no reason for it to be but i, mean, I, think I hope they do something to be like you know sabrina all dressed up to the nines like around the <laughs> kitchen table at her family <laughs> Sorry, yeah like i'm not really expecting that i would i would honestly settle for like some like cool outfits and like some kind of like hashtag WNBA kicks like fashion type yeah. stuff but um it's gonna be hard to film those videos of them like tossing the ball up in the air you know yeah. all the cheesy videos that they show um the players uh you know dribbling crossover yeah. once and twice that they show a bunch of times yeah, I don't know. I feel like when I think about all this stuff, I feel especially bad for Sabrina, right? Because she could have gone last year, been the number one pick. She stayed in a lot of parts to win a championship. That time, t- like, chance was taken away from her. Oh, and, I think she got I mean, yeah, I feel horrible for her. I still think she's, I think if I was in her shoes, I'd feel very glad, very secure in my decision. I think it's still yeah. like that, despite it not working out as well as it could have, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, no, I think it's just a lot of fantastic season. I just think a lot of what she stayed for got taken away, and then you don't get that, like, true. Like, these players have been working to make the WNBA, like, that's their whole life. So to take that kind of, like, draft day experience away from them, I don't know. It's it's a lot. It's like, I mean, obviously it's the same case for every, like, college senior right now, right, that's not going to get to actually, like, I mean, they're going to graduate, but they're not going to get to graduate and have a graduation right. with their friends and their family. Like, it's prom. absolutely horrible. Yeah. High school, same thing. Yeah, prom seniors, but like they've just all been like moved off campus, right? Like I don't know, the last two week or two months of my senior year in college were probably like two of the most fun life months of my life. So I like my heart breaks for the kids that don't yeah. do that. Yeah, no, yeah, I, but I still I'm glad they're doing it. I thought they probably would be able to stick to this date. Um, it's much yeah. harder. I, well, I forget what the latest is with the NFL. I thought they like turn down the recommendation of the GM committee, subcommittee or whatever, with the NFL draft that they still want to do it in Brisbane. So I think it's fine. I'm eager yeah. to see. I think the women's basketball coverage in general can be really innovative. And so mm-hmm. uh, partially because they don't uh, feel like they need to protect this $8 billion business yet. And so mm-hmm. um, I think there's an opportunity for them. To, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what creative things they come up with. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, super hoping that they're going to do some super really creative stuff. Like, I don't know, Zoom conference with, like, the media where each player pops on or something. I don't know. <laughs> but well, that, that's a, I mean, I think they're going to be way more creative than that. Yeah, I hope they're more creative than that. But I'm hoping for, like, some pretty innovative, like, technology stuff in terms of, like, making it virtual but making it interactive in a way that it kind of would have been. Yeah, if it was happening in you know New York, like it should. Maybe be, we can so. get like a Tupac hologram of uh, <laughs> all the traffic, <laughs> like a virtual. Uh... <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so yeah, so that'll be exciting, and then we'll be able to look ahead uh, to you know the season. But mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of questions about that. Well, um, you know, you were sort of talking about being kind of honest. We don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's interesting. The press release today, I think it very specifically said they continue to scenario plan. So they're not mm-hmm. saying, hey, we haven't changed the date or anything. But at the same time, I think people are taking hope that this means it'll still start, which I think is completely unlikely to get a normal Agreed. season. Um, so, it, uh, you know, you could say, oh, maybe it could be a little more uh, definitive that, like, we're not going to start on time. But at the same time, if I was the WNBA, I wouldn't say that definitively yet. Yeah. But I'm somehow kind of signal like there's a good chance we won't start on time. But, um, you know, we haven't pulled the, pulled the plug yet. Yeah, I think it's a real chance they don't start on time. But I also think being Tokyo Olympics are postponed, that gives them a lot more flexibility, right? Because they're supposed to have this, like, basically month break in July that they no longer need to take. So yeah. they could, you know, start late and still play, like, a full season of games yeah. that they were supposed I to play. I had a conversation with someone, though, that they were saying, well, but those arena dates are might be given Yeah, away that's others, the so. complication, yeah. Yeah, honestly like that stuff is all up in the air at this point though right because every league is being affected by all of this well, so. even concerts too right like if you yeah. were some artist that was performing um i don't know oh, yeah. dallas wing stadium and you mm-hmm. were like hmm, probably not gonna happen and then like miraculously it happened you'd be like i'm not gonna move so you can play basketball game i want to have my concert i'm gonna have my tour right i mm-hmm. still get to keep the dates i signed up for so um, i think it would be hard if they had given away the date to another event that if the world goes back to somehow goes back to normal by then, that they'd just be able to bump them out for the week. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I feel that's a real concern. I mean, just thinking locally of like the Sun, like Mohegan Sun here is a huge like concert venue. So yeah, it's hard to start rescheduling and stuff. Like I'm sure it's going to create a scheduling yeah. nightmare. And Mohegan Sun is, is closed, right? Just like uh, all the Vegas casinos. Yeah, they're closed. I. As far as I know, at least I don't. Honestly, I don't ever go to the casino unless oh, it's for concert or games. So, like, like, I don't really know, but I'm assuming closed. <laughs> yeah, I think I got an email from to them today about something about virtual slot machines, so I'm assuming they're closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no. I mean, I think there's just so many questions about. I mean, so the draft is good. I think it's good they're going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone in the league today, um, and they were saying, like, well, what happens if we really have no league? Uh, this season we just can't do it we you know everything kind of reopens up in the fall and uh then like what's the draft order next year sort of a question which is just you know uh yeah yeah, right (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i don't see how you could give the liberty uh the number one pick twice in a row right so Mm -hmm. um, it's embarrassing there's a question about that i mean the economics of it i think there's just a little worried about kind of really what the implications are because you know i'm not under the impression that teams were earning a profit before you know what kind of spend are they going to have if the season doesn't happen i mean the contracts are guaranteed you know i know there you know there's a lot of articles came out as part of this today that said that uh terry jackson the wnbpa executive director right is their title um kathy engelbert have been talking a lot commissioner engelbert have been talking a lot and, you know, I think it's a productive relationship, but like, you know, if you thought you were going to have, you know, $50 million in revenue, let's just say, and you have none, like, what does that mean? Yeah. And also from the player's perspective, too, I haven't, like, done a lot of rating on this, so I'm not sure, but, like, do they get paid if this the season doesn't happen? Because, you know, in the NBA, like, these players can go a couple of months and they should be fine, right, considering the number of, the amount of money they make, but I don't think that's the same case in the WNBA when you think about it. Oh, no. Yeah. So the NBA has a CBA provision that, interestingly, they've been getting shamed. Um, I don't know if you saw my former employer, the Sixers, was going to 
make a pay cut for a lot of their employees and then Joel and Beat said, Oh, I'll cover it. Mm-hmm. And, and finally the Sixers were like, Oh no, um, you know, we'll pay for it after all. This is not the right decision. But meanwhile, the NHL is like totally cutting back a lot of other leagues that haven't gotten quite the press are. Um, and so uh yeah, no, they can definitely I don't think actually, sadly, I don't know how many NBA players actually can afford to weather uh missing a season of, of their money if they've really been budgeting that well but um certainly it seems to your point like a way more serious issue for uh the women of the WNBA and uh so there's questions for that I think there's real questions about how the teams themselves are financed like I don't know mm-hmm. do they have a big debt burden and then are they gonna not be able to pay their debts like our team I mean I'm, I don't want to be alarmist I don't know I'm just asking the question which is sometimes a cheesy thing to say but like you know, are the teams going to be in financial jeopardy? I think I mean, one thing that seems obvious is that the salary cap is supposed to go up by 30%, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, and part of that was everyone's willing to invest, which, you know, sort of implies like we're going to give it up in the short term to make the money back in the long term because of all the benefits of the different changes that were being made. And I think we're all optimistic about that. But now, like, you know, can you really afford to do that at this time, right? It seems like a crazy time for another business to like start spending tons of money on R&D, right? And so mm-hmm. it's kind of analogous in the case of the WNBA. So um, just, you know, the contract is certainly guaranteed, but are they going to, do they have the same kind of clause that the NBA does, which they may or may not employ uh, as far as not paying people in these kind of, um, the phrase escaping me, right? But these kind of crazy, crazy yeah. events. So uh, I just think there's a lot of questions. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I hope we're not going to get there, right? I hope that we're going to be able to have games this summer, so I don't want to think about it too much because at some point we got to, like, have hope about something. (laughs) You know, I did think that the statements, you know, they weren't super specific about Mm -hmm. where the extra revenue was coming from, had it all been accounted for yet. And so, I think AT&T, if it was AT&T, Nike, and one other was, like, the first three partners. Deloitte, I think. Deloitte, yeah, right, Deloitte. Go Deloitte. (laughs) Exactly. And so... um, uh, and I'm pretty sure AT&T was one. I'm not 100% sure about Nike, but sort of confident there. Mm-hmm. But whatever, it was three. And so, but I think part of it was like, oh, we're confident over the course of the season, we'll add more. You know, there's three more, I don't know. Yeah. So it seems insane to think you're going to get three more corporate sponsors with that kind of commitment um, now in this economy. Mm-hmm. So Great. so even, even if they play a full season, like just the chances are going to be anywhere near their original revenue target seem incredibly yeah totally great i'm just hoping for somewhat of a full season just because i can look forward to something right now so yeah so um so a lot of questions there i don't know um lots to monitor um and you know i don't think anyone knows right so it's not like we had uh, yeah. commissioner Engelbert and get retreat here and she'd tell us all these things because i don't think she's mm-hmm. right? gonna react no. to the, the situation so before we go though i wanted to ask you about um just kind of what would you want to have happen if we know the season is delayed like what are your thoughts on like different scenarios they should be considering do you have any crazy ideas for what they could do i don't know i feel like it's all going to be complicated right because now i mean the beginning of the WNBA season usually competes with the nba season but because of everything going on you could have the nba playoffs competing with everything which is obviously not ideal for the WNBA. I just don't know what I want to see right now. I hope that, oh God. (laughs) What would you think if, um, so I was, I had some crazy thoughts because I think there's, 
you know, we could have less than half the season and it's got mm -hmm. a realistic possibility. Um, so like, what would you think if instead of having like a normal season, they did something kind of beach volleyball slash tennis tournament style where like eight teams all went to Mohegan Sun and like played a tournament one weekend and then they all went to, I don't know, Chicago or something like that. And then, you know, went to Vegas and essentially like barnstormed. Um, it's also what the big three is doing, Ice Cube's mm -hmm. uh, league. Um, sort of an approach like that where there's still games being played almost be like the exhibitions right um you can even actually have a far smaller number of players like they could just play three on three or something uh so that'd be one thing what would you think about that if it wasn't like a full regular season but the teams all kind of played once in a few cities i'd be so down for that also i would 100 percent use my numerous flight credits <laughs> coming up from it. this <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, that's what I would use all those airline credits for. But no, I think that would be awesome. It's an awesome opportunity for all the big markets to get yeah. to see kind of all the teams in action in like a span of a couple days. Also, another kind of crazy thing out. So there's not supposed to be an all-star game this year, right? Because of the right. Olympic break. I would love to see them find a way to reinstate that and do an all-star weekend. Even, if, I don't know, like maybe not the full scale of All-Star Weekend, but do something, some kind of All-Star type weekend because the Olympics are now postponed. I would love, I think that's a big draw for people, mm. um, a big television draw. So I would, I okay. really hope they find a way to do that too. I haven't uh, thought about that at all. I mean, obviously that, I guess I'm down on the fact we'll be able to play by that time because like the Olympics are canceled. Mm. So again, I would, this is where I would say like, well, if you can have an All-Star okay. game, Maybe I'll throw this out there. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's harder to turn the Olympics on at that point, where I think it's pulled this off. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then the other one, right, is an all. I mean, the related thing to what I've said is sort of like an all quarantine, where like everybody just goes to Mandalay Bay, and there's like no mm -hmm. crowds there. It's just like I mean, I've, I've heard the NBA talking about this doing this too, because I think that's where mm -hmm. they, they do their G League showcase. Um, yep. And you know, just have everybody kind of hole up and just play. Now, I, I'm also, I will say, I'm very comfortable having it not be in front of fans right are you mm -hmm. uh, okay with that if we can get the games yeah no great anything honestly literally anything that would put live basketball on my tv right now i'd be done for um, yeah see that's my thing right if we only can get like four weeks because the other thing is if the world starts doing well but then everybody has to go off to europe again um, yeah oh you know i hadn't thought about it right but like the mystics still have another parade right what's gonna happen mm -hmm. um so you know if there's only four weeks right it's like you could just essentially do something like the olympic the national teams uh tour right and just have a few exhibitions yeah you're not going to get to all 12 cities i think it's a problem but um you know at least do something in most of them so that and you know show it on tv so people can watch that's kind of one option um and then the other thing i would say is what would you think if it was only a playoff situation like so we just said there's no time for the regular season but we still want to have some games and so we'll just play playoffs maybe we'll um seed it based on last year's records give the top, uh, I guess, four teams a bye uh, or something like that, right? And so you maybe have best of three series. So extend the playoffs a little bit longer, but have it really just be no regular season playoffs only. I mean, if that happens, like all for anything that gives me games, but at the same time, how on earth could you see these teams based on last year's records like the way the free agency oh. period went this year like they're all totally different teams it's a minor detail minor detail <laughs> yeah. well I mean, you could just do it randomly right it would be just fine yeah so. i feel like really hope we're not gonna get to that situation right like i caution people to like realize that the olympic postponement isn't necessarily that this is gonna be a huge issue in july and more effective like 
the Olympic athletes just can't physically like train in the way that's acceptable to train for Olympics right now. And that I think that is the bigger part of the postponement than the fact that like coronavirus is still going to be running wild. Oh, I'm not saying it won't be, but it could be. I hope it's not. But I think the bigger point of the like right now Olympic postponement is the fact that people can't appropriately train in what everyone's lives have been kind of turned upside down. I well, think I that's that, the bigger reason for the postponement. Well, but I think that also applies to Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird uh, and everybody, oh, yeah. and all the WWE players that aren't in the Olympics. In the, I, I saw someone speculating, um, Eric Pinkus, shout out to Eric, um, on the NBA mm-hmm. side. He was saying it was probably going to take like five to six weeks from when they get the go-ahead to start working out to when mm-hmm. you would restart an NBA season of some kind, you know, because it's like part of it would be quarantine and then maybe three weeks yeah. of training camp. And so, um, again, I'm... I'm Debbie Downer, I guess, compared to you as far as uh, um, <laughs> but, my, my thoughts. So, so it's really my question: yeah. is like, What would you do at the end of the if you could only have like a month of the season? Really, right. that would boil down to. Yeah, I just argue that like there's a difference between training for Olympics, which is a once in a four year type event, to training for a season that happens every year. Right? Like, yes, obviously it would be kind of sucky that like all these players have maybe not been training together the way they should when you start, but you could still play whereas I totally get the postponement of the Olympics because it's something people train for their entire lives and then you've got you know you can't really train properly right now and the qualifiers right the three by three yeah qualifiers and then also just the fact that a city that hosts the Olympics there's so much construction and types of things that have to be done that can't be done right now although Japan's doing well with coronavirus right if I recall the charts we were talking about earlier but, uh, but no, I'm still, yeah, yeah. no, I think there'll be a ton of injuries if they don't have a proper training camp. Like, it's going to be wild every, like, if we got to go ahead today, you couldn't have, I mean, I guess you could probably, yeah, if we got to go ahead today, you could still have uh, mm-hmm. the league start on time. If we got to go ahead on May 1st, I don't see how you could start the league on time. Agreed. I mean, the only but I'm not, like, as pessimistic that. that you can't start before the Olympics. I think that the Olympic cancellation is different than the, you know, a league season. Yeah. Yeah. cancellation so the bottom line is you would take any creative idea for, oh yeah uh, anything that gets me live basketball on my television or in person <laughs> i would <right>. take <laughs> yeah so no i definitely think the playoff just playoffs would be cool um yeah i mean it'd be sad if all you could really do was a couple of all-star like do an all-star game in a couple different cities um or something like that but um yeah again i think we'd take it all and then for me as uh, the Debbie Downer of this uh, podcast, I guess I would say, again, my number one hope is just everyone's going to be, everything's going to be back to normal by the time basketball season starts again in the fall. But, you know, and for, for the women of the WNBA, uh, you know, that is, includes like being able to play overseas and earn their money there, mm-hmm. as well as for all the college players, uh, just hoping they can have a normal season next year. Yeah, just so many question marks right now, though. Yeah, so I will say I am see. optimistic about that, but. Um, but anyway, yeah. it's getting kind of late. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> working hard. Uh, I've been trying. One thing I've been doing is sleeping, uh, trying to sleep a little lot um, with mixed success, I guess. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been doing better with the sleep this week after not reading the news as much. Like last week, it was just a little too stressful. So I don't know. I encourage anyone else that's dealing with that. Like, it's okay to pull back from the news a little bit like yes it's good to be informed but there's such a thing as being over informed yeah and i would say it's good that it's not like fast and furious every day news. yeah it's definitely slowed like, down 
I, one thing I definitely don't like is the way that the New York Times and the Washington Post um, have shifted to this like live updates thing as their headline, yeah. and so it's like ten thousand stories at once because so much is going mm-hmm. on. I kind of like being able to just like read a story and like, read another story. It just makes it feel like there's too much happening. Yeah, the other thing I haven't loved is like the you know I think it happens all the time, but this like race to be the first to report when the information mm-hmm. isn't always accurate like take the time to read what the like you know governor orders actually are and stuff like i think it was like new york last week like it got reported as a shelter in place and it wasn't actually a shelter uh, in place and like <laughs> there's like a significant difference right <laughs> so well, yeah i think that's very true i will say on a positive note, what are some of the funnier things that uh have amused you about our uh, whole situation Anything, anything uh, the memes have been hysterical. Yeah. What, what are some of your favorite ones? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. There's just so I find it. I like work in consulting. So there's this like account that's like crazy management consulting that's just like pictures of people and like I mean it's all consulting means in general, but there's so uh, many pictures of people on like Zoom meetings and like you know <laughs> sweatpants and like a suit and tie on top, which is very much my life right now. Where I'm like literally oh, wearing like, a nice that. shirt for a video meeting and then like sweatpants. So I, I tweeted out something today. I forget. I think I might even done it from our account. That um, I guess Walmart said they're seeing like a real increase in selling tops because they're <laughs> yeah. Exactly uh, so they said that like on their earnings call or whatever. That's what they're finding. <laughs> So that's great. I'm really enjoying the, uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a meme exactly, but all the videos of people uh, with snafus on um, on Zoom and Google Hangouts, right? Have you seen any of those? Yep. The one yep. that went to the bathroom, right? Did you catch that one? Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> and I have, thankfully, I have not had that happen on any of my Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah, my wife's got the hang of it uh, as well as the teachers. It is weird to me that Zoom is just taking over from Google Hangouts, but. Uh, yeah. um, especially because, like, I will say, here's a P- here's a, a PSA for everybody that's will want to say it's like Zoom does some sketchy things. I think on the privacy front, so I've been pretty cautious huh. about installing their software. <laughs> yeah, I'm a like so we use Zoom for work, but I'm a like Google Hangouts person. Emily, I did it with my friend's virtual brunch this weekend, which is funny. It's oh like yeah, <laughs> have you we been like enjoying all... all the puns of that? Uh, quarantine is one I've seen a lot. Of. Not as much, but yeah. <laughs> it was good to like. I don't know. I'm still been ordering a lot of takeout. I know people have mixed opinions on that. To me, I don't really think it's that much riskier than like going to the grocery store. So I like ordered brunch last weekend to the house and we did virtual brunch. That was fun. Um. That's good, yeah. I mean, yeah, people are definitely doing something. It's, it's interesting watching people kind of take stock. And, uh, you know, I think there are some positives uh, out there. Are you binge-watching anything? I should ask you that. What are you going to do? Are you yeah, going to so binge-watch something now? I don't... Hang yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, my roommate and I have Hulu re- that we've, like, recently been tapping into the show. So, for people that are looking for something to binge-watch, we've got... We went through this sh- the f- show called Dollface, like, a while ago. But if you're, like... 20 something year old female you'll probably love it otherwise you'll probably hate it no but we also watched so there's a show that came out last year that we never watched um, called four weddings and a funeral that mindy Kaling produced that we like binge watched you tell last me you're week. aware that there was a movie called four weddings and a funeral with Hugh grant in it and um, andy mccall I am not. Oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> I goodness. don't know if the show's related. It's I'm classic, sorry. It is a classic movie. Okay. Classic movie. That's what you should watch tonight. Well, or the weekend with Hugh Grant. It's probably tomorrow. The original yeah. Four Weddings and a Funeral. And Hugh Grant was 
the world's darling, America's darling, England's darling. <laughs> this was pre, um, <laughs> whatever adjective you want to use for his uh, behavior. So. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh so my we... gosh, I'm so old. All right. Well, we've been watching that. The Hulu show is also Hulu show is also great. Yeah. Um, and we started on also on Hulu. We've been watching a lot of TV. Has anyone <laughs> guessed from my statements? But so uh, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington have a new show on Hulu called Little Fires Everything, which is based on a book. I haven't read the book, but obviously great actresses. So that's been pretty good. Mm. And I'm then a theme uh, in the shows you're watching. Yes. And then my other discovery is I've seen the Sex and the City series through like four times. So this is just revenge watching. But <laughs> in case anyone has Amazon Prime, Prime, the full six seasons of Sex and the City are on Amazon Prime. Okay, so. <laughs> none, of the, none of those shows I bet are kid appropriate, which was an important nope. thing in my house. So yeah. we've been watching this. Actually, it's a pretty funny um, show. It's like middle schoolers. Uh, it's called, I'd never heard of it, but it was on. Um, Alan Sepperwall, who is a that's someone you should read. Um, Alan Sepperwall is a great TV critic, and he had like things, you know, everyone had their list of things to binge watch. And mm-hmm. so this is a great one for, you know, middle schoolers and teenagers. And so, an enjoyable show, which actually has um, Robin Lively, I think is her name, plays the mom of one of the middle schoolers. And so, we're like, Robin Lively, I wonder if she's related to Blake, Blake Lively. So, I googled that. <laughs> you know that uh, so, I guess she's Blake Lively's stepsister, 16 years okay. older. And um, apparently there's like five lively siblings and all of them are like actors. Interesting. Didn't know that. I think the the parents were actors too. Um, So, uh, you know, know, we've got time to look these things up as you know. (laughs) That's what I keep on my parents. Nothing but time on our hands. So Um, so we've been binge watching as well. Definitely. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how we all get out of that uh, habit once, (laughs) once it's back to normal. Yeah, I know. I also, though, feel like I'm already running out of things to binge watch, so I don't know. If people have TV suggestions, feel well, free to send them my way on Twitter. Yeah, or just send them to podcast at herbscast.com. We'd love to uh, get your suggestions for ways we can spend our time, whether it's uh, kid-appropriate or not kid <laughs> Apparently, it sounds like I could give you all kinds of classic uh, recommendations. Yeah, I might be behind on this. <laughs> have you ever, uh, I'll ask you this, have you ever seen Ferris Bueller? Yeah, of course. Do you like that, or do you think, like, what the hell? No, I've seen it many times. I like it. I'm, like, actually a big 80s movie fan. Like, I've probably seen, like, most of the classic 80s rom-com. Yep, Say Anything, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, Breakfast mm. Club, all your, like, Molly Ringwald oh, classics. Okay. I'm feeling better now. <laughs> feeling better now. Um, yeah, okay, I'll ask you about that. Have you seen The Wire? That's the other obvious show to binge if you have not watched. I don't think I've seen The Wire. Oh, no, that should definitely... After you watch Four Weddings, it's a little different uh, genre, but after you watch the uh, original Four Weddings and the Funeral, 100%. I could not emphasize more strongly that you should watch The Wire. Okay, I'm going to have to look up if, like, the original Four Weddings and a Funeral is related to the series. I'm going to guess it is, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious, because I feel like now the plot is spoiled if I already watched the TV show. It's kind of like there was, like... Obviously, I saw the original 10 Things I Hate About You first, because it's a 90s movie, but there's, like, a... I think ABC Family came out with a TV show a couple... More than a couple of years ago, that was like 10 Things I Hate About You in a TV show. Well, well, for the record, I'm not that cultured, right? But that's also based on Taming of the Shrew, isn't it? It might be. I don't know. <laughs> I'm also it's not a cultured kid, so. <laughs> so technically, if you'd done your research, you would have probably been able to guess what happened midway through. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like West Side Stories, you know, it's based on Romeo and Juliet. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be a Lin Manuel Miranda movie coming out at some point. Mm, interesting. Oh, that's okay. Let's see with this. Uh, I'm a little bit of a downer. I next time we need to figure this out, but I think that this all could be screwing up the Space Jam Two uh, filming, oh. and which will jeopardize like uh, I think Diane Taurasi and Steve Bird were going to be in that, right? Yep. Sure. Others as well. Candace Parker probably too. So, um, so let's hope that uh, we come out of this soon so they can uh, take their rightful place on the silver screen. Agreed. I was looking forward to that. So hopefully <laughs> we'll get that soon. And then we have to wait for movie theaters to be reopened to watch it too. Though I did see an interesting article this week, back to coronavirus stuff, that like drive-in theaters are doing like better than ever because of this. Because you can actually go to a drive-in theater still. Okay. Um, well, actually, well, let's close on this. The funniest, one of the funniest things I saw, apparently today they suspended trading in the stock Zoom technologies because everybody's <laughs> buying it, but it's not the company that makes Zoom the <laughs> software. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a crazy world we live in. So, but yes. the good news is, which I just should have asked you at the beginning, I'm glad to hear that it sounds like you're healthy and yep. uh, mostly taking the right precautions uh, i am old enough to scold you uh, like you <laughs> probably so i do hope you and your friends are uh, being safe no, we're being well. safe yeah. um that is good to hear and uh, i look forward to when i will be able to see you again in person but until then it's yeah. good to know that we've got the distance socializing podcast <laughs> yes the, the new name distance socializing process it was supposed to be by this week like basketball and beignets but that's not happening so oh much. yeah that is true. that was a good idea I mean, i'm sure other people were coming up with that one as well but um <laughs> maybe we can have i well i don't think i can make myself a beignet at home no i don't I'm not i've been thriving on frozen food and takeout so i'm not making any beignets anytime soon <laughs> okay well shout out to everybody that's uh made it this long uh but it's good to catch up with you megan i really appreciate taking the time tonight you too good to chat with you thanks for joining my pleasure always good to catch up That's all for today. Thank you all for listening. As always, we hope that you rate, like, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Definitely leave us a review. It helps other people find us, and we love hearing your feedback. You can also shout us out on Twitter, anything you want to hear on the podcast, or send us an email at podcast.herhoopstats.com. We love hearing from you and hearing your feedback. Also, if you haven't recently, check out the stats site. It's got a great new look on the homepage. Uh, lots of cool information from this NCAA season over there. So definitely check that out as well as our newsletter, which gets you our latest and greatest directly to your inbox. Thank you all again for listening and hope you stay healthy and safe. Mm-hmm.